praise the Lord. Uh, we serve a good God and His name is Jesus. Um, hallelujah. I'm not going to take too much of your time. Uh, firstly, I'd like to give honor to Pastor Stan and Assistant Pastor, Sister Gina and Brother Ben. Uh, also, thank you to my, my father-in-law uh, for giving me the opportunity to speak today in front of you all. Um, hallelujah. This is a great church to be a part of. I'm so thankful for this wonderful church. <clears throat> today is Father's Day. I want to honor all the fathers here today. Um, the young fathers and the more experienced older fathers. Also my father at home. Uh, he was a great dad and always was there for me growing up. He always looked after me. Uh, for those that don't know me, I am Danny. I've been a father for six years. I have three daughters. Um, being a dad is one of the greatest blessings. It's challenging. It brings joy, responsibility, and also it tests my, my patience. <laughs> um, so I'm always asking God for guidance on how to raise my children and asking him for wisdom to teach my children um, and teach them about this awesome God we serve. Amen. Um, back when I was uh, new to the Lord and just newly married, uh, my father-in-law George asked all his daughters and the sons-in-laws if he wanted to do a family devotion on a Saturday morning. So brother, brother Wiki and I would, would go to the gym early in the morning and then we would come back to a huge breakfast. Um, I'm so spoiled with the Curie family. <laughs> um, and then we will start our family devotions with the whole family. Uh, I look back at that time now and I'm, I'm very glad and thankful that Brother George invested in that time he had with his daughters and sons-in-law to teach us about the Word of God. It really did build a strong foundation with my walk today. So we need godly fathers to raise our children, amen, um, especially these days. In Proverbs 22.6, it reads, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, amen. So let's not delay, it's time to lead our families to Christ. Um, as in the book of Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, when I get home from work, my girls get so excited, they scream, Daddy, and they bolt towards me to give me a hug. It's really nice. I don't know how long that will last, but, but I'm enjoying every moment. <laughs> Sometimes I think we should run, be running like this to our God. Yep. Uh, so I want to encourage us fathers to keep praying for our families, to keep teaching our children to set up family devotions if, if we can, uh, keep encouraging our children, tell them how proud we are of them, tell them we are here for them no matter, no matter how bad they've messed up. And let's remember that when uh, times get tough, we can always call on his name, Jesus. Um, because he is that perfect father. In John 14, 9, uh, Jesus says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Um, 
And for those that have lost their father or never knew their father or their father was never around, again, Jesus is that perfect father. Uh, he cares for us. He provides for us. And he's also saved us. And if you would just run to him, he will reveal how much love he has for you. I hope this has encouraged someone here today. Thank you, church. Well, I think I'm full. We had yesterday Brother Ray, Brother Jared, and Brother Takeli, and this morning with Brother Scott and Brother Danny, I'm, I'm full. Let's pack up and go. <laughs> I, I am so blessed, definitely so blessed, and I am so nervous right now. So how do you get rid of, get rid of nerves? Come on, guys, you tell a dad joke. So, what time of the day was Adam created? A little before Eve. <laughs> Did you know that the first, first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. And this is my best one. How does Moses start his morning? He brews a, cup of, a pot of coffee. He brews a pot of coffee. Church, I am so thankful, so, so privileged to be able to stand here before you. I thank my pastor, a great man of God um, who has led us for allowing me also to, to be able to speak this morning, our assistant pastor, Sister Gina and Brother Ben, to the ministry, to all our leaders, our volunteers, our friends and families and our church. Thank you so much. I'm not... Um, I'm going to do something a little different. My iPad, for some reason, didn't work. So I'm going old school with the notes. So, forgive me. But, it's just a couple of scriptures. Genesis 1 and 27 says that God created man in his image. And then in Exodus chapter 20, it says that we are to honour our father and mother. Today's Father's Day, so we want to honour our fathers. But there's a, little, there's a little thing here that kind of kind of gets me and that is what is the perfect father what does it look like what are we supposed to do how are we supposed to act what are some of the things that we should be doing what is the ideal man husband father or friend we are to be men of prayer leading our family in the right direction we are to be funny humorous because our father, our heavenly father was humorous. You know, he told Abraham and Sarah they're going to have a baby at an old age and they laughed. We are to be gentlemen. We need to be able to listen, have mercy and not be like a, an officer, like a dictator. 
We need to be able to forgive. No matter what the sin may be, we need to be able to forgive. We are supposed to be able to love, love our wives, family, children. We're supposed to give our children eye contact. We're supposed to give them a touch, a hug. We are not to be jealous. Or there is a negative jealous and there is a positive jealous. We are to guard our family's relationship. Turn down jobs that require us to go out of town so that we can't spend it with our family. We are to be truthful. We are to tell the truth. We are to train our children, as Brother Danny had mentioned. Train up a child in the way he should go. We are to disciple our children. We are to teach them and also that when discipline is not on the agenda... When it's not on the agenda, we are to sit down with them. We are to teach them. Tell them about the truth. Tell them about consequences if they don't follow the truth. We are to be friendly. So long as we love, we serve. No man is useless while he has a friend. The Bible says that a man who has friends must himself be friendly. We are to be able to communicate with each other. We are to be holy because our heavenly father is holy. The strength of a man consists in finding out the way God is going and going that way. Holy men serve God. Holy men take responsibilities for their children. Holy men lead in difficult times. Holy men hold up or hold the church's reputation in their hands. Holy men serve with great risk and great opportunity. The Bible says that holy men says that will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. We are to be faithful. We are supposed to have wisdom. We are committing to a great truth is a memory, sorry. Committing a great truth to memory is admirable, but committing it to life is wisdom. Try and show your kids your hardships. Let them see you struggle in decisions that you have to make. Watch them, allow them to watch you pray to God to help you to make those decisions. Honour God with your finances and allow your children to see wisdom in action in the way you handle your wallet. We are supposed to be intimate. We are supposed to have intimacy. We are to be trustworthy. We are to be good. Good men are righteous. Good men are obedient to God. Good men protect their families. Good men are tender and gentle. And the book of Proverbs, it talks about that, teaching, guiding, um, wisdom, in the book of Proverbs chapter 3. How many men here or fathers here line up to that? So your mission as a father is to present the word, is, is to present the world a gift from your home to those who live in after it. 
The pressures of taking care of the one crisis after another and trying to make ends meet easily distracts us from devoting time to this mission. It's unfair to our wives. It's often, and so often we come home too tired from our jobs, from our visiting our friends and social activities, that we have no time, no joy left or energy left for our children. It's hard. Life, being a man, is very hard. Every year, Father's Day, children send more than a hundred thousand cards. And this is based from Hallmark. And a lot of the times you see a card saying, Dad, you're such a great dad. You deserve a 21-gun salute. But would you settle for 10 belches, seven knuckle crackers and maybe four armpit noises? But for a mum, mum, happy Mother's Day. You're like the rising sun each day and Mayflowers blooming every year. We have a tendency sometimes of, as fathers, you know, maybe in the back of our heads, take that on board. You know, we're jokers. We love to joke. We have to be funny. You know, and sometimes what happens is we take that to heart. Someone gave me this as a piece that titled it Father. You saw the little the Sunday school video. At the age of four, my dad can do anything. At the age of seven, my, my dad knows a lot, a whole lot. At the age of eight, my father doesn't know, quite know everything. At 12, oh well, naturally father doesn't know anything. At 14, hopelessly old-fashioned. 21, oh that man is out of date. What do you expect? At 25, he knows a little bit about it, but not much. At 30, must find out what, God, uh, what dad thinks about this. At 35, a little patient, let's get dad's meaning first. At the age of 50, what would dad have thought about this? And at 60, my dad knew literally everything. And at 65, I wish I could talk all over again with him. Pastor Stan, this last, jeez. This last month, you had a series on fake news. To all our fathers out there, I'm going to be open with you. I'm going to pour it out. I fell for it. I felt for the lies. I felt for all that fake news. People pay big bucks to hear what Pastor Stan heard, uh, was speaking the last month. So if, if, if you get an opportunity, go back and listen to that. Listen to that. Listen to 
the stuff that you're going to get deceived by. A few years back, a few years ago, I, I fell into a place of darkness, depression. I felt like, geez, the world, the world just fell. We owned a house, we lost it. We owned vehicles, we lost it. Pride, pride got in. My wife says, our daughter and our son-in-law have asked us to come in, move into the house. So you don't have to worry about paying for the, this rent. And I says, no, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. And pride kicked in. Took me a while, but then I says, you know what, let's do it. Work was no good. I think I testified about this a few years ago. I, uh, I preached on the wilderness. How God puts you in a place sometimes so he can get your attention. We were so far rock bottom that I was looking up to look at bottom. And I listened to all this news, you know, all this fake stuff that was coming through. You can't do it. You've lost everything. What is your family going to think of you? What are your friends going to think of you? What's everybody around you, your cousins, your relatives? You were such, you know, you had so much and now you've got nothing. I remember um, at my daughter's house, I'd be in my bedrobe, morning to sundown. I'd sit on the couch. The only thing that was kind of normal was Friday night pizza. Every Friday night I would order pizza. Not one, but three. And I would, that, was just, that was normal for me. But everything else, it was, just, it was driving me crazy. Because I heard everything that possibly people could say to you, I took it on board. From 30 years ago, trying to do things in my life, through business, through anything, someone would say to me, you can't do it, I listened to it. You can't do this, then I can't do it. Problem that I was having was, I was listening to people that didn't do it. That couldn't do it. So guess what? I couldn't do it. Nothing was going right. I want to encourage men. You might be sitting there. You might be going through some stuff. I heard testimonies yesterday of things that men went through. And today I'm pouring out to you to let you know that if you're going through a state of depression, there's people around you that can help. There's people there that can listen to you. It wasn't a good place to be in. But you know, sometimes you've got to go into a place to hear from God. Now, I wasn't happy. My children, they weren't happy with me. And I could feel it. I was negative. There was nothing positive in my life. I remember, I remember, and this is how bad it gets. You know, I felt, I felt the calling of God, you know, and I wanted to, wanted to start a church and 
wanted to do all that and, and I thought that you know where it was? It was in Canada. Remember that? Pastor Stan, I think I've been called to go to Canada and, and start a church and okay, let's pray about it. You know? What was I doing? I was trying to run away. I was trying to run away from the things that were happening here, thinking that if I went over there, things would be just better. My wife, she's such an awesome lady. She stuck by me. She was praying and praying and praying. Lord, just give him a job. Just give him something. And she prayed and prayed and prayed. I don't know if you're familiar, if you remember Kanina that used to come here. She worked for a company called King Homes. I remember being, you know, sitting there pouting about no work and I'm going to go to Canada. I was on the computer getting, trying to get my visa ready. I was going. I give God 30 days. 30 days, God, that's it. If I don't hear nothing from you, I'm on the, I'm on the plane. I'm going. My wife was praying. Then one day, literally the 29th day, I was on my computer and then it just popped up this supervisor position at King Homes. I said, wow, you know. Give him a call. I called Kanina up. I said, are you guys, uh, you guys offering a job? And she says, well, I didn't know he was doing it yet, but yeah. So I called up Mark. He said to me, I'll pick you up. Let's go. I'll take you around. Took me around. Offered me a job on the spot. But you know me, pride, came home, didn't say nothing to my wife. Because in my mind, I'd done the visa, ready to go to Canada, I'm gone. The job, that's great, you know. Kanina came over one night and she was talking. She said, oh, isn't it great that Mark gave George a job? <laughs> what do you mean he gave him a job? I didn't tell my wife that. I didn't want, her, I didn't want any ammo. So I just kept it quiet. Then she said to me, when were you going to tell me? I said, look, it's not, not 100%. You know, it's just, he just offered that. I said, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I had to think about it. I had to get my head around it and say, look, I gave God 30 days. Either I'm a man of my word or I'm not. And it was the 29th day. He stuck to his bargain. And you don't, you know, you don't sort of tempt God. But he stuck to his bargain. So I... I took on that job and as I took it on, I remember a few, few months before that pastor had asked me to preach and this is when I, I was battling with God and I finally decided to give in to God and God started to speak to me and God started to say, listen, now you can zip it up and let, let me talk and when he started talking, I was breaking down. The job came through, God used me in the service, then things started to change. The biggest change in my life was all that negative. I decided that whoever was going to speak to me, if it wasn't a positive attitude, it was gone. I don't want to hear it anymore. I changed that. I was 115 kilos and I wanted to do stomach surgery so I can lose the weight because I was, had a hard time breathing. It was 
pain in my chest, and I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have been around today. But I did not want to tell anybody about the surgery because I didn't want anybody to tell me, oh, don't do it, there's bad results and this and that. I didn't want to hear no negative about it. I spoke to the people who did it and the people who came out of it and said this is the greatest thing. I spoke to my daughter as well. When I did the surgery and I felt like all the weight literally went off, but my mind started to change. I started to have a shift. I started, to listening, I started listening to people that were more positive, no more negative. I started to listen to God saying that you are able. You can do this. You can do that. I wasn't listening to people that were saying, oh, you know what? I think you're just wasting your money. Don't do it anymore. Once I got my head on right, when things started to switch in my brain and I started to listen to the positive side of things, listening to people who have accomplished stuff and done things, then things started to change in my life. I stand before you today with a hundred hundred percent guaranteed that everything that I've accomplished in my life, God did. Amen. I've done nothing. Everything that I did was under. I couldn't do anything on my own. Today, any man that's here today that is struggling, that is going through something, take it from me. God is the only one that can take you out of it. Stop listening to what Pastor said, the fake news. Stop listening to people saying that you're a hopeless dad. Stop listening to people saying, you know, your children don't love you. Your children don't care for you. You don't know what you're doing. You joke around with them. You're never serious. Don't listen to that. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best person that you can be. Start hanging around people that are going to lift you up, not put you down. Men's ministry this year and, and, and last year, we have grown. And one of the reasons why we've grown is because men are starting to commit. Men are starting to get together. We're starting to talk to each other. We're starting to, to hear issues that we're going through and starting to work it out with each other because we're all encouraging each other. We're not sitting there putting each other down anymore. Today is Father's Day and we're celebrating fatherhood and we're celebrating you know, becoming a, a, a great dad. I'm going to give you the best thing that I can is that God not only is your heavenly father that we can learn from, but there are men in this church, young or old, that you can learn from. Me, but I say to myself, as a young father, I failed. Now, that's not a negative. It's just that I didn't know what I was doing. But then as I got older, I had good help. I had people telling me how to do certain things. I look now at my young son-in-laws and I think they are awesome. They are awesome. Raising their children the way how calm they were. I was totally opposite. I would come home from work, tired, and my wife would say, go talk to your dad. They wouldn't even open their mouth and I'd go to your room. I didn't know how to deal with that. I watch my son-in-laws now, how they, they have their kids. They talk to them. They hug them. I, I melt. 
But it's because they're starting to learn. They're starting to put trust in God. They're starting to put trust in other young men that are, that are helping them. There's a, there's a young man by the name of Michael Phelps. He had a book and he talks about a period in his life where he struggled with negative images, self-image. He started to grow bitter and he started to fall into depression. And it even, it even crept up as almost um, paranormal for him. And the reason why he said it is because he started to listen to the negativity that was around him. This man went through four Olympics. I think it was four Olympics. He won I don't know how many gold medals. A man that we, that I thought had it all. Young man. Suffering from negativity. Heard fake news. Guys, I plead with you. Get that out of you. Get that out of you. Pastor said it last week. If you've got nothing good to say, don't say nothing. Don't. If you want to talk to your brother, lift him up. Lift up your brother. We're here to encourage you. We don't want to hear no more negativity around, around the men and around fathers. Because we want to be the best that we can be. Not every man is here today. Not every father is here today. But they'll be in the next service. They can hear this. We want to encourage every man. If I get the uh, musicians up. President Hoover, Herbert Hoover, he put an ad and the ad goes something like this. Immediate opening for an honourable job with long hours and no time off. Must be willing to work all hours, including in the middle of the night, weekends, holidays and vacations. Requires survival traits like strength and patience, imagination, humour, flexibility intelligence and understanding and above all a good report must be a human being not a robot must be kind of gentle with basic goodness and fearlessness leadership qualities are necessary and the ability to instruct and guide is a requirement receive on-the-job training with no pay there will be unpredictable surprises and rewards like joy, love, pain, fun, and many difficulties. You want a challenge? Be a dad. It sums it up. It's a challenge, guys. There is a challenge. And I'm willing to take that challenge. My kids are all grown up now, and now I'm blessed with grandchildren. But I see these grandchildren growing up. If I can continue to impart a little to my son-in-laws, just a little bit to watch them, my grandchildren grow up with good fathers, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue and continue with the help of the Lord. Can we all stand? There was a, there's a, a good song and I'm going to attempt to sing it so if you don't want to hear me just block your ears but it was it was sung by a, um, a group called Phillips Craig and Dean and it sums it all up it says Lord I want to be just like you 
because he wants to be just like me. I want to be a holy example for his innocent eyes to see. I want to be a living Bible, Lord, that my little boy can read. I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. He wants to be just like me. Can we just all close our eyes and bow our heads and I just want to pray for, pray for our fathers, young and old, biological, non-biological, stepfathers, father figures. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the breath that you've given us, Lord. We thank you for allowing us, Lord, to be in your presence, for allowing us, Lord, to be here, to listen to the Father that we want to be. Lord, you are our example. And today, Lord, I just pray for all our fathers out there, Lord, that you will touch them, Lord, that you will make it real to them, that you are with them, that you will never leave them, you will never forsaken them, Lord. Help them, Lord, not to listen to the voices or the whispers in their ears, but to hear from you. We heard, Lord, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And Lord, we don't want to, we don't want to speak any negativity, but we want to uplift, we want to lift up our men today. Father, we just want to thank you for each and every person, Lord, that is here. We thank you, Lord, for what you have allowed us to become, even though we have failed you, Lord, more than once. But you are there to pick us up. God, we just want to lift you and acknowledge who you are today. I want to open up this altar for our young, young men, young, young fathers to come down. If their families are with them, I want their families to come with them. There's a picture in my mind that I have. I wanted to bring it here today. There's a, there's a, there's a card. I remember seeing it where a, where a father is kneeling down, praying to God, and his family are attached to his back to say that we are behind you. I'm asking you guys today, back up your fathers. Mothers, lift up your husbands. It's not an easy job. And sometimes if, you know, with men, sometimes we can sort of, when the pressure is on, we want to walk. But we need that little bit of a, a boost behind us saying, we're behind you. You can do it. We're here to help you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This altar is open. Come and spend some time with, with your heavenly Father. Come and spend some time with your, your family.